We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast Feed is presented to you by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. This week on Yahoo on Week 2, it's the Million Dollar Baller. It is back and once again continues to be rake and commission free. Tremendous value for all of you players. $20 entry. Check it out. If you don't have an account, use Grinders30 when you sign up over at Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com, talking everything week two in daily fantasy. But before we do that, if you've been living under a rock, maybe you haven't heard the news, but our boy, our fellow OG, Mr. Head Chopper, the newest millionaire in daily fantasy sports, taking down the $1 million prize over in the FanDuel Sunday million. Chop, couldn't be happier for you, brother. You deserve it. It's been a long time coming. How the hell are you with an extra million dollars in the old account, brother? I am the exact same guy, man. I just I, the same routines and everything. Uh, you know, just my kids don't even know, and they don't need to know because they'll never catch a whiff of that money. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't. They're already pretty spoiled. The last thing they need to know is that daddy made some extra giblets on the side. So, yeah, same thing, man. Same routines, same everything. Like I was telling you guys before the show, the only thing that really changes is uh, maybe uh, my wife can retire because she's the one who works a, a job out. I, I'm already practically retired with this lifestyle, but. So maybe she can retire a little bit earlier now, and that's that's good for her. So other people will benefit more than I will about it. So that that's good. Well, definitely well deserved. I mean, during the sweat show, this guy's cool as a cucumber. I would have been pulling my hair out, running around the house, sweating a million, and he was like it was nothing. Worried about the tacos. So two things. First, how were the tacos, Chop? They're always excellent. My wife is one of the one of, if not the best cooks I've ever known. So I got I got lucky in that one. I mean, that's a great way to end a, a day, have a day. I mean, million bucks, some tacos. I mean, well, what beats that? And you're right about the kids because then they go to school and my dad's a millionaire. My dad's better than your dad. My dad can kick your dad. All that nonsense you don't need to deal with. So congrats, old buddy. Really happy for you. Let's bring our other millionaire in. Derek, I know you've won millions over the last couple of weeks, months. So how are we doing, Notorious? 
Yeah, I wish on that. But I uh, love the humility from Chop. Uh, nobody deserves it more. Uh, and it's good for the resume, for the old OG pod. You know, we had Beer take down that showdown slate last year. Uh, you taking down the million. Congrats to that. And uh, I think that means it's my turn next. So, uh, yeah, pump for week two. Huge congrats. Uh, I think you need to celebrate a little bit, you know, uh, but I love it. So, quick recap. We know how Chop's week one went. I mean, I obviously taking down the biggest prize. So, clearly had a good week. But if you haven't seen the video – where he kind of breaks things down. And we, we talk about it all the time, putting together a core and then mixing and matching pieces around it when that core hits, you're going to be in for a good day. So, Chop, we know you had a great week one. Anything you want to recap about week one? Uh, anything you want to talk about here before we move and turn the page to week two? No, I mean, if you, if you, if you guys check out that video, you see how, how I did it. It's pretty simple. The, the one thing I would say is that uh, – you know, there is no right or wrong to how you do it. You know, you, you see uh, the guy on, who hosted the sweat show with me, Jordan, he makes fun on Twitter. He's like, I haven't even looked at football yet. And, you know, play whoever you want, all this. And he's, he's partially right. You could play whatever you want if you, you know, just as long as you're pretty reasonable about it. And then on the flip side, you can research all you want too. It doesn't, no matter how much you research or don't research, you're going to have good weeks where your players hit. You're going to have bad weeks. It takes luck to win big money. But uh, just as long as you're knowledgeable on the subject, you can, you can still be profitable quite a bit. So there's all kinds of different ways to do it. I just, that's just the method I chose is uh, I choose not to do like heavy duty research. I do read some guys' articles. I do look at some videos. The, some guys I trust, uh, some trusted opinions, and, and then I just put some teams together. So there's no right or wrong to it. And it's building your own process. You know, what works for Chop, it may not work for Derek, may not work for me, what works for me is not going to work for you. It's really finding your own way, uh, and there's a million different ways to do it. So, Derek, how was your week one, buddy? Yeah, week one, uh, I think it was my first profitable week one, maybe ever. <laughs> my main slate lineup was terrible, but luckily uh, afternoon and showdown was pretty good. And uh, – yeah, like Chop was saying, there's definitely such thing as uh, content overload. So definitely be careful with that. Um, that's why you're listening to us, so you know not uh, or who not to play. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just find your experts that you trust and uh, the information sources that you trust. And like Chop said, there's a lot of ways you can get it done and find what works best for you. There you go. Uh, about a break-even week for me, so I'll count that as a win. I'm with you, Derek. Week one is usually the wild, wild west. I'd sink a ton of money in, and uh, the results haven't been great over the years in week one. So. Happy with that. Head is still above water, but uh, agree with what you said there. You know, confirmation bias and follow too many pieces of information and listen to everything. You're just drowning uh, in information. So be selective, and we're glad you're here listening to us, and hopefully we can help you if you become the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire. That's the goal here. So let's jump into the games, guys. Week two here, we're going to focus on the main slate. If you're looking for Thursday, Sunday, Monday information, Tons of great stuff over at Roto-Grinders to get you ready for that. We want to spend all our time here on week two, looking back to week one, but looking ahead uh, and kind of for forecasting what's going to happen here in these games. So let's start with Arizona and Baltimore. Arizona coming off a tie there in Detroit was a hell of a comeback in that fourth quarter. Saw a ton of production there in the fourth. So we'll see if that rolls over. Baltimore, we know what they did. They went in and curb stamped, curb stopped Miami. Uh, by about 50. So, Derek, we'll get started with you here. Huge spread in favor of Baltimore. Part of me feels like the spread's a little bit too high. Like, like there's a bias on what, what Baltimore did to Miami, uh, Arizona struggles. 
What do you think in this game? Because I see a lot of fantasy goodness here. I think a lot of it's going to start with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, definitely a big spread. And it's worth noting the total opened at 41, and it's only Tuesday, and it's already up to 46 and a half. So a lot of people betting over here. Uh, we definitely saw Cliff Kingsbury's uh, new offense in action. Uh, they played four wideouts on over 70% of the snaps, which uh, if you look at back to last year, the highest in the NFL was 12% uh, for any single team uh, playing four wide receiver sets. So uh, pretty crazy. Um, you look at Kyler Murray, 570 air yards against the Lions. I know that game went overtime, but even if you take overtime out, he was still in like the 95th percentile of air yards. I know that's Chop's favorite stat. I know that's how he won the million. He's not going to admit it, but uh, I know that's true. Um, so I definitely think they're going to air it out, even though it's not a great matchup by any means against Baltimore. Um, they're good against the run and the pass, but I do think this game could be high scoring. And if they can get some offense going, then that should be good on both sides of the ball. Um, DJ is basically going to be a workhorse moving forward, 87% of the snaps. Um, and a lot of his carries came with less than uh, eight defenders in the box, which uh, last All right, Chop, let's go over to you on your thoughts here while Derek gets his thoughts together, Arizona and Baltimore. All that money, you, you, you think you can afford an Ethernet cord, man. Why don't you help the guy out? Send, send a portion of that million. 100% and we'll... if that guy gives me his address, I'm sending him an Ethernet cord right now, man. <laughs> like this, this game in general, uh, I think it's interesting because one of the things I, I like to think about is there is going to be that bias. Like people do think Baltimore is the next big thing now. How do we know that Miami's not just going to roll over for everybody this year and be terrible for everybody? Right. And that uh, Detroit, maybe Detroit's a much better defense and a much better team than what they're giving credit for. I mean, they're healthy on defense finally for the first time in a couple of years. So uh, I think it's interesting how, yeah, this is too big of a spread for me. Uh, and the, maybe one of the biggest surprises to me in the uh, in week one was these these two quarterbacks in their respective games didn't run at all. Like maybe three or four carries between the two of them. I was shocked at that. So I expect it to be different when you start facing this kind of a level of competition. Lamar, I think, is going to run a little bit more this game. I definitely think Kyler should run a little bit more. He's going to be under some pressure. So I think there's a lot of fantasy stuff we can take away from this game. I like the passing games a little bit. I'm not as much on Mark Ingram this game. Think he was good, but I think it's going to be more Lamar Jackson running, hitting some of his receivers, and he's got a lot of receivers to throw to. And on the flip side, Kyler Murray running around a little bit and flipping it out to a Larry Fitzgerald look like the guy. And I think David Johnson catches some passes out of the backfield. So I don't know about the straight running in this game, but I think David Johnson can make his make some points via the air for you. But I don't mind these two quarterbacks. I think they're going to run around a little bit, and that's what we really want from them, from them on a fantasy tip. Yeah, agree completely. You know, we didn't see any rushing, like you said. Uh, and the big thing with Baltimore, one of the one of the things that may go overlooked, Jimmy Smith not going to play this game. So that secondary a little thin. You know, in Arizona running out four receivers. Crabtree is supposed to be active this week, but you saw 13 targets to Fitzgerald, who looked outstanding. You know, we want to want to dig Larry Fitzgerald's grave. He's not ready yet. You know, a little Undertaker. I know, man. Up on you, like don't put me to the grave yet. Uh, Christian Kirk, 12 targets in that game, as you mentioned. David Johnson was a beast. So I think Arizona is really being overlooked here. You know, Baltimore, one of the better defenses in the league. But uh, this Arizona offense really picked it up uh, in the second half. Baltimore side, I agree with you. It's Lamar Jackson. 
What thoughts on Marquise Brown? I obviously had the huge game. You know, we know this guy's going to have big games, but only played 14 snaps. You know, and I don't know if that was a product of his injury, the blowout. So it feels like chasing points there. Are you with me on Marquise Brown, or you, you think we're going to see another big game? I, you know, I'm totally up in the air on that. I saw that stat today, too, the 14 snaps, and I was shocked. But then you think about it, and you think that the game was like 35-3 to 3 at halftime. So maybe they just didn't want to, you know, show everybody all their cards, and they got the majority of these guys out of the game before they really, really unleashed them in the second half. And so there's all kinds of ways to go about that. There's a, you know, I've seen that. I've seen it, but it is a little scary to think 14 snaps. But I think the score had a lot to play into it. So, I mean, if I'm building 50 teams this week, I would say he's going to be – I'll pair Lamar up with him on a couple. I'm not going to go overboard. I'm certainly not pushing the lock button, but – Yes, that guy looked like a very dangerous fade moving forward. That that was a big time, some big time plays he hit. Yeah, and remember guys like that, they don't need a ton of snaps. Yeah. You know, they, they can do their damage in, in a handful of snaps. And, and Mark Andrews, I think, is another solid play this week. Hawkinson did whatever he wanted against this Arizona D last week. Derek, are you back with us, brother? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I mean, there's there some stories is. in there. Yeah. I mean, All right. Well, pick up I've where you had, left like, off here with, with Cardinals and Ravens. Yeah, well, I don't really know where I left uh, exactly. I was talking for a while. <laughs> All right, quick thoughts on Cardinals-Ravens. So yeah, I was just saying. Synopsis. Yeah, Arizona, I mean, they ran so many four wide receiver sets. Um, definitely a Kingsbury style of offense. Uh, definitely have some upside, even in a tough matchup against the Ravens. Uh, Kyler Murray led all uh, quarterbacks with 570 air yards, um, which is, even if you take out overtime, that's like a 95th percentile for a quarterback. So, they're going to air it out. Uh, DJ's going to see fewer eight-man uh, you know, defenders in the box, which is going to be good for his uh, appeal. But at the same time, you know, it's a tough spot on the road against Baltimore. So I like this as a game stack for Arizona, but probably not core options. And then uh, on Baltimore, uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of like what Lamar did. I mean, is he the GOAT or is the Dolphins defense the worst of all time? I'm not really sure. Probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, made a lot of good throws, and we know he's got that rushing upside going to be facing the fastest paced offense in the NFL so we got to like uh, Lamar once again uh, it'll be interesting to see what his ownership is because ownership on a quarterback never gets too high um, so I think you can go right back to him uh, and then I don't know if I really want to pair him up with somebody I heard you guys talking about you know Hollywood Brown snap share uh, still has some upside for sure but that does worry me a little bit so I would probably just go uh, naked Lamar and go from there all right, I'm opening up my SharpSide app, and if you haven't done that yet, download the SharpSide app, all the, all the lines, all the totals, player props, all different sports, free app, and there's a free contest giving away $10,000 on the SharpSide app, $5,000 the first, just by swiping right or left on these games. So let's start with this one. Any strong leans here, Derek? Spread at 13, total at 46 and a half. Yeah, total keeps rising, but I will uh, take the over. I think the Ravens can put up points here, and we know the Arizona wants to play at a fast pace. So give me the over on 46 and a half, and I think the Arizona can at least keep it within two touchdowns, uh, you know, maybe have a late score to cover the spread. Yeah, kind of like a little two-team parlay here, Arizona and the over. Chop, your thoughts here on the, on the spread and the total. Yeah, I definitely like the over. Uh, I think it could be a, it could even be a Baltimore blowout, and Arizona could get you some garbage time touchdowns to push it over. So uh, I, I definitely think I think the over is the play because I don't see like like I don't see Baltimore getting stopped in this game. So as long as Arizona can put up something on the board, I think we're good on that total. 
Yeah, I don't think we're done seeing this total rise. You know, Derek brought it up, started low. It's been bet way up. Uh, heavy juice on the over, even at 46 and a half. So uh, one to jump on now uh, if you're thinking about betting the total. All right, next game, San Francisco and Cincinnati. The Niners coming off an impressive win against an ugly Tampa Bay team. Cincinnati battled in Seattle. I think that was one of the surprises of week one. Uh, play, played pretty well there uh, up in Seattle. So, Derek, thoughts here? You know, two kind of middling teams. Who comes out here? And is there any fantasy goodness in this game? Yeah, as a whole, I probably don't have a ton of interest in this game, but there are two running back injuries uh, that we need to keep an eye on. Tevin Coleman expected to miss the next couple of weeks with a high ankle sprain. So, got to think Matt Breda is going to be the starter there with uh, Mostert kind of mixing in as well. Um, I think both of them are interesting tournament plays. Breda's 5,200. Most are 3,800. Um, if it's going to be like a 60-40 split, something like that, I don't mind looking at a little bit of both of them. Uh, Garoppolo just hasn't had a you know monster fantasy outing in you know quite a long time, year and a half, something like that. And can't really trust Shanahan at this point when it comes to his receivers. Uh, named Pettis the number one wide receiver there, and then he only played two snaps. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he's just ineffective. But um, looks like Goodwin and uh, Debo Samuel kind of going to be the guys there moving forward. Don't really want to trust them on the road. I know the Bengals are a good matchup, but uh, for me, it's going to be George Kittle. Uh, had two touchdowns called back against the Bucks last week, even without those two. Caught eight of his 10 targets. So I think he's a guy you can spend up on at tight end. And then for the Bengals, Joe Mixon, uh, dealing with an injury as well. Uh, he's listed as questionable. Say he has a chance to play. Uh, if he's out, then you automatically look to Giovanni Bernard. Uh, he's pretty much smashed in this situation. Every time it's been, you know, presented to him over the last couple of years. So uh, he would be the guy that I'd look to there. Uh, you know, uh, Ross and Tyler Boyd have both been really good in week one. Uh, they both saw double-digit targets. Um, I do think, you know, Seattle's secondary is one of the worst in the NFL. So I'm not putting a ton of stock into how good they look. But I think Boyd offers a better floor-ceiling combo. And then Ross kind of gives you that upside for tournaments. And, uh, yeah, so I think it's an interesting game. But um, just depending on what the running back situation looks like. Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's some good value there. Gio, Breida, both 53, 5,200 on DraftKings. Mostert has always looked good when he gets an opportunity. Uh, it looked good last week. 3,800 on him. Uh, could be right in the mix for 10, 12 carries. That may be enough to pay off the $3,800 price point. Chop, John Ross, the name I want to ask you about. Derek mentioned him. Had the big week. We've kind of seen flashes. We know he did a lot of this in college. You know, just the ability to get over the top with that speed. Are you buying this? Because he's cheap once again here, 4,600, pretty high total game here. Interest level there and the rest of this Niners-Bengals game. No, I'll be you – won't, you won't see John Ross on uh, – I doubt you'll see John Ross on any teams I make this week. I just don't think he's that good of an NFL wide receiver and uh, you know, he just had a really good game. Things really broke his ways. There was some busted coverage in there that got him there too, so – yeah, I'll be fading him. Uh, I'd like to see with the status of Joe, Joe Mixon as the week wears on. I want whoever's the running back in this game for Cincinnati is a guy I want. I want Mixon. If not, then I'll take Bernard. But the running back is the one I want. Uh, you could play Boyd. I think he's fine. I definitely want Boyd over Ross. I won't even have Ross. But then on the flip side, George Kittle for sure. Just everything Derek says right on. George Kittle. Uh, the running back, Brieta, and I'm with you on Mostert. He's a guy I was going to say value-wise, like he actually ripped off a really nice touchdown run that in week one, but they got it, that one got called back too, just like Kittle's, Kittle's touchdowns did. So I think Mostert could get you in the end zone here, man, for 3,800. That's not the worst thing. 
right. I mean, that game had about five touchdowns called back, I think it was. I think Kittle had two, Braid had two, Mostert. It was like every touchdown that was scored uh, kept getting called back. But I like the Kittle call. One of the biggest things, I was going to bring this up in the beginning, week two, love going back to guys that, that kind of disappointed. And I wouldn't say Kittle was a, a disappointment, like a bust, but maybe didn't live up to what we thought he would. So uh, that'll kind of be the theme throughout week two for me is finding those guys that are teams that disappointed uh, in week one where everybody overreacts uh, and they're going right back to the John Rosses of the world. Find those guys that disappoint a little bit. So agree with you guys here. Let's talk spread and total. We have Cincinnati small home favorite minus one total sitting at 45. Chop any strong leans on either of those. I don't have any leans. I think the 45 is right where, right where it should be. And I can't play Cincinnati. I just don't think that they're that good. And I don't want to play a road, you know, a, a one-point road under, just a one-point underdog on the road like Frisco. I, I really don't know what their team is about either because Tampa Bay is uh, – who knows what Tampa is. Tampa might be just a terrible team. And so I don't even know what Frisco is. I, I can't I – don't, I don't have a lean either way. Yeah, for me, it's a small lean to Cincinnati. Nothing I would, I would put a ton of action, put the house on, putting a million bucks on it or anything. But uh, I'm with you on the total. Looks about where it should be. Derek, thoughts, spread, total here, Cincinnati, San Francisco. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think this is a stay away from me. Uh, if I have to choose, I'll go toward the home team. So I, I would take the Bengals plus one. All right, one. moving on to our next game. We have the Chargers coming into Detroit. Chargers coming off a nice overtime win against the Colts, the Lions. Doing what the Lions do. Somehow ending up in a tie after that big fourth quarter lead they blew. So looking ahead at the Lions' schedule, it, it is very difficult moving forward. I mean, they're at Philadelphia. Uh, they play Minnesota. They're at Green Bay on a Monday night. Uh, this is almost a must win for this team here with their schedule coming up. But let's start with the Chargers here, Chop. Austin Eckler, I, I think, is the big story here. Had a massive game there. In week one, still only 6,100 on DraftKings. Do we worry about his ownership getting out of control in this one, or is it a lock-button play uh, with his high ceiling that he already showed us in week one? Yeah, I'm not worried about the ownership. I, I don't think it's a lock-button, but I don't, uh, I'm not going to worry too much about the ownership. It's too good of a price for what's always been a really explosive fantasy player, so I think that's fine. Uh Phillip Rivers is, you know, obviously a quarterback. I don't really want him because he doesn't run at all. So, but as far as uh, his receivers, I've, I was of the thought that going into week one, man, it's going to be tough for me to pick one of these guys because I think he has so many weapons now that he can throw to. It's probably good for him, but as far as pin, pinning somebody down, I don't know if I could. Then he went and, you know, Keenan Allen was the guy. But that game really just set up for Keenan Allen because of the way the Colts play defense. So this is against Detroit. Maybe it's a little bit different. So I'm not sure Keenan is the guy this week. I think there's so many options for him. I don't – it's just tough for me to pull the trigger on any of these guys. So uh, I'm an Austin Eckler guy, but as far as the passing game, I think it can thrive, but I just don't think I can pin down the receiver for San Diego. And on the flip side, yo, that was a really good matchup for Detroit, and they were, they were okay. But they weren't great. on Johnson wasn't great. And this is a much tougher matchup. And I'll go back to Kenny Galladay because hopefully nobody will be on him. It's not a, it's not a easy matchup. It's a tough matchup. And he had a disappointing week one. So I'll go there. But the rest of those guys, I, I mean, I'm not playing Amendola. And I probably won't even play TJ Hawkinson. So 
I'll go back to Kenny Galladay, but other than that, I don't have a ton of interest. I think this could be kind of an ugly game fantasy-wise, man. I think it's in Detroit, which is going to hurt the Chargers. And the way Detroit wants to play is just slow and, you know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a ton of interest for me in this game. Two guys for me that I, they feel the, the bounce back is on Johnson. We saw Marlon Mack have a, a massive game against this Chargers defense. It was a little shorthanded. I know C.J. Anderson was involved, but carry on 16 carries, two targets in that last game. So uh, nobody's going to want to play him after that last one. And Hunter Henry on the other side. It was, was too cheap on DraftKings. Everybody played him. Probably let down by that, by that outing in week one. So willing to go back to the well on him as well. Derek, let's go over to you here, Chargers and Lions. Yeah, definitely agree on Austin Eckler. I think he's a great play once again. As long as the Chargers offensive line is as bad as it is, I think uh, it sets up really well for Eckler. You know, uh, Phillip Rivers isn't going to have a ton of time to throw the ball, and he loves to dump it off to Eckler. I ended up playing, you know, more than we thought he would. Played 75% of the snaps. Basically, got the same 75% uh, of the touches in the backfield. So I think he's the guy right now. Um, I agree with Chop. Don't really know what receiver to pair Rivers with, even if I wanted to play him. But it does look like Mike Williams, uh, his status is in doubt. If he ends up being out, I think that's pretty good for Keenan Allen, good for Eckler. Definitely good for Hunter Henry. Uh, you mentioned he kind of let everyone down last week. And good matchup. Uh, Detroit was 26 in DVOA against tight ends last year. And uh, Hunter Henry actually ran 25 snaps uh, either in the slot or on the outside. So he's not your typical tight end. I think uh, they get him going in this one. And on the Detroit side, yeah, I don't really love anything here. Their numbers were inflated by the matchup against the Cardinals last week, uh, plus the overtime. Carrion only played 56% of the snaps, which is a small concern. Didn't really get much going on the ground. Uh, Amendola and Hawkinson both topped 100 yards and scored a touchdown. I think, uh, you know, they're pretty easy fades. I know they're both cheap, but uh, the Chargers defense is a lot better than the Cardinals. So if I had to play somebody, it'd be Gaudet just because he did let everyone down last week. All right, next, Alex, talk the spread here. Chargers, two-and-a-half-point road favorites. Total sitting at 47. Heavy juice on the over. Derek, any leans on either of those? Uh, I just don't like this Lions team that much. So I would go Chargers, even though I don't like, you know, small uh, road favorites. But I would go Chargers, and I'd probably go the under because I don't love this game as a whole. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on the Chargers. I, I don't love the total. I, I think it could be an uglier game as well, so I would lean the under, but I feel better about, about the Chargers at minus two and a half. Chop, thoughts on the line and the total? The line is is a little bit tough. I think it's, I think it's pretty good. So uh, I think I like the under here. I just Like I said, it just feels like it's a grind-out game for Detroit. A lot of running the ball. And, and on the flip side, I think the Chargers, uh, you know, do the do a, a similar game plan keep everything low no big plays and i i like the under here all right fourth game for us nfc north battle the vikings traveling to lambeau field to take on my green bay packers both teams coming in one and oh minnesota decisive win at home against atlanta green bay we saw the game it was ugly it was a struggle but they went into chicago and got the win so big game here for both teams trying to take control of that division so chop big story here I think Dalvin Cook looked outstanding, obviously was a big part for you this week. Are we going back to the well on Dalvin Cook? We know this team wants to run the ball. Price jumped up on him. I think that'll help alleviate some of the ownership. So thoughts there. And then the Green Bay side of things, it was ugly. Uh, are we? Do we trust anybody on that side of the ball right now? Uh, yeah, I think I, I for sure think man, the, the problem with Green Bay is they're going to get – they're going to get stuck with these tough early season matchups. So I'm kind of just waiting for the right time. I don't think 
this is necessarily the right time, but uh, I, we're going to be able to trust them here pretty soon. I just don't know if it's this week. I, I definitely think that they're a lot better than what they've show, showed last week and what they're going to show this week. But it's just tough matchups. That's just the way the ball bounces sometimes. But So as a whole in, for fantasy in this game, I don't like a lot because the Green Bay defense is so much more improved. And I know that's music to your ears, man. Well, yeah, it is. But they are – like, they were a team I was targeting before the season as far as being an improved defense that I didn't want to pick on. And they, they certainly didn't disappoint in week one. I, I think they're stout this week. This is another tough offense, though. Cook and Thielen and Diggs can get it done. But on the road, I don't think they're going to get it done. So, I definitely, definitely 100% Dalvin Cook won't be – part of a core for me this week he'll be lucky to find any rosters I think Green Bay is going to be tougher than that uh don't necessarily like the passing game too much either maybe one of these guys gets off but I don't want to pick between Thielen and Diggs and on the flip side Minnesota is a good defense so I think they kind of keep things in check too you know maybe maybe you get a good maybe you get a couple touchdowns out of Devontae Adams you can never discount how good he is and they get down inside the 10 and he just gets his two touchdowns that's just the way he does so I would never discount that but as a whole, this is not a game I'm targeting. So I'm glad you brought Adams up. He scored in four straight games against the Vikings. So, you know, that, that's the good of it. The bad of it, he's never crossed 70 yards against this team. Only one game of more than five receptions against this team uh, over the last four seasons. So I agree with you. Yes, probably scores. Does he pay off that price tag? Uh, that's where I'm wondering if he can make it there. But would certainly fill the bill of guy you want to go back to that burned everybody. The problem is the long-term history, just not there. So, Derek, where do you come out on this? Uh, Devontae Adams, I agree with Chop. Uh, he can get his numbers for sure, but history has not been on his side in this matchup. Yeah, you guys hit the nail on the head. We have a much improved defense in the Packers and an elite defense in the Vikings, plus it's a divisional game. So uh, just not a ton to love here. Um, the Vikings, I don't know if you guys saw this, they had 10 passing attempts last week, oh, 10. Yeah. <laughs> Third fewest in the last 10 years. Um, they definitely want to run the ball more. They fired their offensive coordinator last year because he was passing the ball too much. So I wouldn't talk you out of playing uh, Dalvin Cook. I think he's going to be heavily involved. Played close to 70% of the snaps, even though uh, he got a lot of the fourth quarter off in that blowout. But um, not a ton to like for the Vikings. I can't trust their passing game right now if they're not going to air it out. Then for the Packers, don't mind the Devonta Adams call. Um, he was getting triple teamed at times last week against the Bears. Still saw eight targets. So you know Rodgers is going to throw on the ball even if he's not open. But uh, yeah, just not a lot to love for me in this game. Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. I think I'll you know, mix and match maybe a little bit, but not a lot here. Not a game I would be stacking. So let's talk the line, minus three, total sitting at 45, Derek. I don't really want to touch either of those. I could see Minnesota going in and winning this game. Uh, I could see Green Bay winning a close game. Feels like it should be in about the 20s for both teams. Any thoughts on either of those totals or spreads? Total looks pretty efficient to me. Uh, you know, maybe it's the homer in me because my wife's a Packers fan, but uh, I, I like them at home, so I'll take the Packers. Minus Chop, two. any thoughts? Packers minus three, total 45. Yeah, the three seems right on the money, man. So uh, I'm going to take the under here, under the 45. I think, I think maybe we get lucky and it, it gets down to more of a, like a 21 to 17 game or something like that. Yeah, and this is two elite, elite defenses we're talking about here. So nothing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe 
We'll see. I was encouraged by that Green Bay D, so we'll see. But I agree. I think Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. It could be an uglier game. All right, next game, Derek, we'll talk about your Jacksonville Jags not off to a great start here. And now the Gardner Minshew area begins. Old, old BDN on the IR. So tough spot here. Going into Houston, Minshew looked pretty good, though. Comes in in relief, puts up some decent numbers. But on the road in Houston, we watched Houston play the other night. They looked outstanding. Lost a heartbreaker there at the end. But uh, can they go in and, and do some damage here, Derek? Oh, man. Uh, it's a sad day for us three Jaguar fans out there. Um, Nick Foles, after throwing that dime, you know, breaks his clavicle. Uh, honestly, even as a Jaguars fan, I had no clue what Minshew looked like till I saw his picture on uh, Twitter today. Looked like Uncle Rico a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they uh, are in a much tougher spot than they were last week at home against Kansas City. Now they go on the road against the Texans, who – Look, they didn't look great against the Saints, but uh, obviously playing them in the Superdome, it's going to be tough. So I think they get going a little bit at home. Uh, but I do think there's some interesting value plays from Jacksonville. Uh, Fournette's basically going to be a three-down back moving forward. Uh, his price is still reasonable at 6300 on DraftKings. Uh, he's going to get a lot of targets in the passing game as well. Uh, D.D. Westbrook was really quiet. Uh, it was outplayed by both Chark and Conley. Uh, but I think it's – a good spot for him. You know, he's going to go up against uh, slot corner Aaron Colvin. He struggled last week, uh, really struggled last year in his rookie season. So I think it's a good spot to buy low on Westbrook while everyone else is going to be looking at Conley and Chark. Down on the other side, um, I think uh, it's a tough spot for the Jags D once again. You know, we saw Mahomes uh, tear apart their defense, and Watson has a very similar skill set to Mahomes. So certainly wouldn't uh, talk anyone out of playing Watson if you want to look that way. Uh, Hyde looked good in his uh, rushing attempts, but he's still a back that's not going to be involved in the passing game. So don't think you need to look his way. Duke Johnson feels a little overpriced. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be matchup proof uh, from now on for pretty much forever. Um, you know, probably going to draw the defense of Jalen Ramsey, who did uh, pretty well against Tyreek Hill before he got hurt. Uh, I think you look at Will Fuller. Uh, he had 111 air yards you know, on only three targets, so they're going to take a lot of shots downfield on him but uh, for me I like the Texans defense and then the cheap value for Jacksonville. Yeah I'm, I'm with you there's not a ton I really like in this game we'll, we'll see if Minshew can do it again here I don't mind Watson we know Hopkins is pretty much matchup proof even against Jalen Ramsey not afraid to go there but you know this is a Houston secondary gave up over 100 yards to Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn in that game so uh, it could be some some value just picking the right Jacksonville receiver so chop any thoughts there with the value of Jacksonville and how high are you on a Watson to Hopkins this week? I actually like this game a little bit for fantasy purposes. Uh, I think a Minshew is better than better than what a lot of the average people think out there who who aren't really follow, who don't really follow college as much. You know, when he transferred to Washington State, he was he was she, he could have been the Heisman winner last year. He was that good. He was pretty good. So I think he, I don't think he's that big of a downgrade from Foles. It's just, you know, the offense in general is probably just not a good offense. Maybe, you know, we need to look into the coaching and coordinating, but I think Minshew will be fine. Fournette, like like Noto said, Fournette's fine. I think this is a good bounce back for Westbrook. I know he caught a touchdown last week, but generally that was a disappointing performance, you know, considering what everybody thought he was going to do this year, I think. So I like Westbrook to bounce back for the reasons beer, like you said. The secondary might not be that good, so – uh, on the flip side, what they're going to do is push 
they're going to push Jacksonville to have to score because this offense is really good. So uh, I don't mind. I don't mind those guys, man, Fournette and Westbrook. Uh, Houston's just going to be a juggernaut all year long, no matter who they face. The reason why is because they got all these weapons. Deshaun's always going to be a tier one quarterback every single week, no matter the matchup. So put him up there this week. Uh, this is a game I would prefer Duke Johnson over Carlos Hyde because of the pass catching. Carlos Hyde looked really good in that game on uh, Monday night. I give him a lot of credit. A lot of people, you know, buried him already, but he actually looked pretty spry. So I don't know how long it holds up, but when the right matchup comes along, I'll take Carlos Hyde. But this is the this is the matchup for Duke Johnson. And then I think you just pair Watson with Hopkins or you pair him with Fuller. One of those guys is going to have a monster game. I kind of prefer Fuller this week because I think a lot of the tougher stuff goes towards DeAndre Hopkins this week. So I'll take Fuller to burn anybody one-on-one. -on -one. So I like this game quite a bit uh, in comparison to what I think the average person is going to take out there from a 43 total. All right. Speaking of totals, we got 43. Eight and a half is the spread in favor of Houston Chop. You like either of those this week? Give me the over, man. Give me the over just because I think Houston's just so good on offense. I think they'll push the pace. Yeah, I mean, and I was expecting Jacksonville D to bounce back, and maybe they do, but certainly didn't look that way in week one. So we'll see here. I'm kind of with you on the over here. Uh, spread feels about right, you know, about an eight and a half, nine point favorite at home. Derek, let me guess, you're taking the points in the Jags. <laughs> uh, no, I, I tried that last week. Um, I don't feel good about the, the plus nine or the, or the over under, so – I think I'll just pass on this one. All right, next game, let's lead with the spread and the total. We have the New England Patriots at Miami. So they're on the road in Miami, a game they lost last season. Minus 18 and a half point favorites here, total at 48. Chop, what, what are we doing here? Because a home team getting 18 and a half points, generally you take the points. This is also a team that just lost by about 50 at home to Baltimore. So – What's going to give here? Does New England just roll this team, or does Miami actually show up and put up a fight? Uh, you, do, you know, in a, in a normal a normal year or situation, and I'll take the 18, 18 points, 18 and a half points in the, home, in the home underdog, but not this team, not this year. Give me New England. This is just – it feels like Miami. This is what – this is a basketball, uh, you know, coming in, into play here in the NFL. They're tanking and their front office wants it. They're putting an inferior product out there. And there's really nothing these players can do because they're probably not an NFL-caliber team at all. Okay, so no Dolphins, obviously, then. What do we do at New England? Because we know at New England they can go a million different directions here. Uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's the to, problem. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that, exactly. That's the struggle here is we like Brady, but you have Antonio <laughs> Brown coming in. You have Edelman. You have Gordon. Uh, they could decide to run the ball a thousand times. So Sony Michelle kind of fits that bounce back bill or, or is it James White? Do we get a lot of Burkhead? So it's tough to just say it's too hard. We don't want to play any New England guys. Does anybody stand out here? Or is it, is it basically we're throwing darts? Uh, I think, I think you, you could throw some darts. I just, you know, I think you, uh, whatever darts you throw, you make sure you're setting your lineup builder uh, settings to match like if, if you're going to play Tom Brady maybe you stay away from Sony Michelle or Rex Burkhead or somebody and you just pair Brady with some receivers and you know you just don't want too much in the, in the same lineup but man you know I could just totally see Brady coming out here and putting up five touchdowns that's at least that's what he used to do 
But then again, the new the new style New England Patriots go out there and they run for five touchdowns, and Brady doesn't exert his arm any more than he has to. So such a toss-up. If you're going to force me to lean here on some fantasy pick, I'm going to say Sony Michelle gets into the end zone two times in the first half. I'm with you. I, I think he's a great bounce-back play. So we'll see if Antonio Brown plays or not. I, I think that will garner a lot of ownership. I think Sony Michelle will completely go overlooked. So more interest on, on a fan duel or it's not as, as PPR heavy, but uh, I'm with you on that one. Ch- or Derek, your thoughts here. Uh, Patriots, how do we attack them? And is there anything on the Miami side to even think about? Yeah, we're on the we're all on the same page when it comes to the Patriots. They're going to be able to do whatever they want against this Dolphins team. Just gave up 59 at home, which is ridiculous. Uh, Patriots just ran through uh, Pittsburgh at home. So uh, it's just going to matter what their game plan is going to be. Uh, the thing we've learned about the Patriots over the years is that we shouldn't expect to see what they did the week before. Uh, so everyone's talking up White and Burkhead outplaying Michelle, but I'm right there with you guys. I think it's a nice bounce back spot for him. I don't really think Brady needs to air it out. He'll be able to if he wants to, but um, don't really know who to pair him with, like you guys mentioned. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably play some uh, Michelle and Patriots D correlation for tournaments. You know, this is one of the better defenses that Belichick's ever had. So I think they certainly make some sense, even though it's on the road. And then on the Dolphins, I mean, I don't hate the values here. Albert Wilson left the game with the calf injury, but he's kind of expected to be their number one. Uh, if he ends up being out, you know, he could definitely look at Devontae Parker in a game where they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. He had uh, 163 air yards last week, uh, which is one of the highest of any receiver in the NFL. Uh, he's only 4,100. So I'll take some shots on these cheap uh, wideouts. But, yeah, for the most part, it's probably going to be just a running game from the Patriots for me. I'm guessing we're all taking the minus 18 and a half. What about the total at 48 there? Well, if the Patriots score 45, uh, I think they can squeeze out a field goal. I think they can get three. (laughs) Chop, you taking the over here as well? Uh, Just because Miami's defense is like a like a glorified college defense almost. I, I would I would say New England put up so many points that, yeah, I'll, I'll take the over. New England might, yeah, they might cover that over by themselves. So over in the Patriots uh, sounds like a sweep for all of us. All right, next game we got Buffalo and the Giants. The Bills coming off a great win there at the end of that game against the Jets. The Giants uh, got pummeled by your Cowboys chop. So uh, going back home here, interesting matchup. Uh, let's start with Derek here. Josh Allen kind of did it again. You know, didn't put up a, a, a GPP winning score, but got there at the end of the day. Other side, you know, Saquon, Evan Ingram, all look good in that game. What are we doing here, Bills and Giants? Yeah, I like the Buffalo side of this game quite a bit. Uh, you mentioned Josh Allen always gives you that nice rushing floor. You know he's going to want to take some shots downfield. Only 5,300 on DraftKings. Uh, in general, I try to save at quarterback, and I like those guys that uh, you know can make plays with their arm or their feet. So I do like Josh Allen. You can pair him up with John Brown, uh, who had that big game last week. I think he's going to be more consistent this season. Uh, The Giants, they just got burned by everybody. Uh, Gallup and Cooper last week against Dallas. And so I think it's a really good spot for them. And then you could look at Devin Singletary, uh, only 4,200 on DraftKings. Uh, He didn't get a ton of carries, only had four in the game, but uh, was very good in those four carries. Played 70% of the snaps, uh, played on 82% of Allen's drawbacks, caught five of six targets thrown his way. So I think his role is just going to get bigger and bigger. And, uh, yeah, I think those three are very interesting. And you could probably pair them together because Singletary does so much of his work catching the ball out of the backfield. Then on the Giants, um, you can always play Saquon Barkley. Um, He's 9,200, which is a lot. I definitely prefer Kamara at $1,000 cheaper. But 
Uh, there's nobody with a higher ceiling than Saquon probably in the NFL, so you can look at him. Uh, I'll probably won't be playing Manning at all this season, but you can look at his uh, his wideouts. Evan Ingram, you know, looked really good. He's basically a wide receiver that plays tight end. Uh, you know, the Bills were really tough against tight ends last season, but at the same time, you know, he's going to get his looks and probably won't be looking at Sterling Shepard. Uh, Latimer is kind of the deep guy um, in that offense, and just don't really know what to expect from Shepard uh, at this point. And he's banged up. We'll see if he even plays. But uh, giant side, I like Ingram. You know, think back to last week. It was the slot, the interior. Jamison Crowder uh, destroyed that team in the slot. So Ingram, intriguing once again. I agree with you on Buffalo. You know, John Brown, think about all the deep – the Dallas guys were just doing whatever they want. Hell, the corpse of Randall Cobb even scored a touchdown against that team. So love the John Brown call. Singletary, they were using him as a wide receiver, splitting him out, putting him in the slot. So – uh, agree on all three of those calls, Allen, uh, Brown, and Mr. Singletary. Chop, thoughts here, Bills and Giants? Uh, I would say I actually like Josh Allen a lot this week. Uh, just, I think, he, I think he's going to run. I think he's going to run one in at least. I think he's going to throw. I think he's going to have a field day throwing the ball deep. So I like Josh Allen a bit. I'm going to hold off on Devin Singletary for now until he gets back home and gets a good matchup. Uh, I don't want to take him on the road. I think Josh Allen does a lot of heavy lifting in the running game this week. I'm with you guys on the deep threat. I would say that off the radar, off the radar, maybe a Robert Foster, you know, in, in lieu of a John Brown. John Brown, I think, is going to be kind of popular after last week and and then this matchup. But I may, maybe take somebody else to catch a deep pass because uh, – um, I, I think I read the stat today that Amari Cooper, yeah, he caught that good touchdown, but when he was being covered by uh, the Giants' number one cornerback, who was actually got shut down pretty good. So maybe John Brown draws a lot of that tough coverage. Maybe that takes it away from another guy, and another guy gets loose deep. So maybe I'll take some of these uh, fringe guys on the Buffalo side. On the Giants' side, I'm with you. It's a, it's a two-man show for me. It's Barkley or Ingram. Don't want the quarterback, really don't want the receivers. But the Barkley and Ingram, there's, the volume's so good that even in a tough matchup, I think the, I think Buffalo's defense is tough. So even in a tough matchup, that uh, that volume can win out. All right, Chop, we got Buffalo minus two and the over-under sitting at 43. You like either of those plays? Mm, I hate, hate, hate taking a road favorite. But, man, I think Josh Allen – is uh, I think Josh Allen could get some things done this week, so I'm going to take Buffalo to squeak it out. Derek, thoughts minus two or 43 over under? Yeah, I'll copy the first half of Chop's uh, statement. I hate taking road favorites, so I'll go with the Giants. I don't feel good about it, but something about the Bills being favored on the road just uh, feels wrong. So I'll I'll break the tie. I just think the Buffalo Bills are the better team. I, I think they can go in and get it done here. There is some juice on that plus two for the Giants, but uh, I think Buffalo wins this game. So I'll take the minus two. All right, moving on. Next game for us is Seattle in Pittsburgh. Uh, Seattle squeaking one out at home. Pittsburgh, we saw it. You know, just got throttled by New England. That being said, Chop, I am very, very interested in this Pittsburgh team. This is probably my favorite bounce-back spot in general. We know Ben Roethlisberger much better at home. We'll see what happens with Juju. Sounds like he's going to play. If he's in there, I'm interested there. And James Conner, another guy. I want to play. This is not the Seattle defense of old that you were fearing. I love Pittsburgh this week. Am I crazy? Or are you with me? 
No, I'm, I'm totally with you. I like Pittsburgh a lot. Uh, the Juju health is going to be a big thing, but I, I imagine he plays. It's it's just a toe, right? He's, he'll be able to play with a bad toe. So I like him a lot as a bounce back. I'm with you there. I think they ran into a buzzsaw of a team on uh, Sunday night. So I don't hold anything against Pittsburgh. I think Roethlisberger, Connor, Juju are all in play to have good big games. I even think Vance McDonald can have a good game. And I just think in general, this could be a nice sneaky, sneaky little shootout game. Because uh, on the flip side, we know Seattle wants to run, but I don't think they're going to be able to run as as much in this game as they, w- as they would at home. So I think Russell Wilson has to kind of draw back and wing it a little bit this game. And that can only do good things for our fantasy purposes on both sides. So give me Russell, give me Tyler Lockett. Give me Ben, Connor, and Juju on the other side. I like this game as a whole in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, just Andy Dalton threw for 400 yards against this team in Seattle. So <laughs> in what, Seattle, man. In That's Seattle. So what, what can Ben do at home? And I, I like to lock it as a running back. I, I think a lot of people go to Metcalf. Uh, he's cheaper. He had the bigger game. But Lockett fits that bill as well. We had huge expectations for him. Everybody loved him in season long. And he came in and, and really disappointed. Scored that touchdown. But – only two targets. So I think people will see that and go to Metcalf. So if you're running it back, uh, I really like going with Lockett there, uh, spending a little bit more. So Derek, are you with us here? Pittsburgh, a team to load up on this week, or are we nuts? Yep, you are nuts, but uh, you can still load up on Pittsburgh. Um, great bounce back spot for sure. You guys mentioned <laughs> Andy Dalton just torched the Seahawks defense uh, in Seattle. So definitely a good spot for Ben. His price has come down. 5,800 on DraftKings seems like a great spot for him to Top that 300 yards. Um, love pairing him up with Juju. Uh, the Patriots plays, you know, more man defense than anyone in the NFL. Uh, he was shadowed the whole game by Stephen Gilmore, who's one of the top corners in football. Uh, he struggled in that same matchup last season, so I wasn't too surprised to see him struggle. I think he bounces back in a big way, assuming uh, he's able to play through that toe injury. And then uh, the other receivers, I mean, Moncrief played the most uh, snaps, um, and then Washington had the most air yards. So maybe look at Washington in, like, a large field tournament. Don't hate Connor here. He only played 46% of the snaps, but it was bad game script, and he didn't play a whole lot in the fourth quarter. So don't mind looking at him as a bounce back. And then uh, I agree with you guys. I do think the Seahawks will have to air it out a little bit more in this game. But for me, I still like Carson. Uh, 77% of the snaps last week, 21 touches. He saw seven targets from Russell Wilson. Um, I think they're going to be able to put pressure on him. So I think he's going to look for that dump off to Carson quite a bit. He's going to get all the goal line work as well. It's only 6,400. That's pretty cheap for a guy. It's going to be a workhorse back moving forward. And then uh, of the receivers, I agree with you. I think uh, Lockett makes more sense than Metcalf just because he's more expensive and coming off of that down week. All right, let's take a peek over at sharp side. We got minus four for Pittsburgh here, Derek. 46 and a half is the total. You like either of those? Yeah, I'll take the Steelers here. Classic bounce back spot at home uh, coming off a really poor performance against uh, the, the Patriots. So I'll take the Steelers and – don't really have a strong feel toward the total. Make it two on Pittsburgh. I'll take the minus four. I think we could see a, a little bit of a shootout here. So I will take the over here as well. Feel better about the minus four on Pittsburgh, though. But don't hate the little parlay there of Pittsburgh and the over. Chop, 3-0 on Pittsburgh here. Oh, man. No, I can't go Pittsburgh just because this. I think I think it's, you know, it's a good spread. I like the over, though, quite a bit. I think I think Pittsburgh, like like we've alluded to, should be able to score some points. And the only thing we need is to get Russell Wilson going. Like 
when Seattle's comfortable and they're just grinding, that's not good. But whenever Russell has to make plays, man, he's so good at it. So I really – I think there's a lot of points here because we force Russell to make some plays. I think Wilson could be loaned. You know, people are so, you know, programmed now. Seattle's going to run the ball, run the ball. If they get down, they're going to have to start throwing. And he can still put together some huge games. So uh, very intriguing off-the-radar quarterback play in Russell Wilson. All right, next game we have Colts and Titans. The Colts, tough overtime loss. To the Chargers here, Chop, uh, Tennessee, maybe the shocker of the week, you know, going into everyone's beloved Cleveland Browns and you know, really putting them on them. And Delaney Walker summed it all up. Uh, if you didn't catch that, uh, go check it out. But Tennessee coming home now, divisional game. How do you see this one playing out? That was the shocker of the week. I mean, absolutely, 100%. I agree that that was the shocker of the week to uh, watch Tennessee go on the road and uh, demolished Cleveland. Didn't just beat them, they demolished them. So props to Tennessee. Now they're back home. Unfortunately, I'm not going to buy into their long-term success. I think they're a good team or a decent team, but they're not that good. On the flip side, Indianapolis, I think, is, uh, is, a, is a really good team. And they would have been a Super Bowl contender with luck. And they're not quite there with Brissett, but they're still a playoff team, I think, because they're just built so well. And it starts with the offensive line. So uh, I don't mind taking Marlon Mack. I don't mind taking T.Y. Hilton. Those are the two guys on that side that I, I want a piece of. And on the Tennessee side, you know, I think they're going to have a much harder time finding running success with Derrick Henry this week. So, you know, believe it or not, A.J. Brown, a rookie, stepped up and outperformed Corey Davis last week, really. So I think it's Corey Davis. If I'm taking somebody, it's Corey Davis this week. But really, Tennessee is – I just think they're kind of an ugly offense right here this week. So I don't have a lot of interest. I have more interest in those Indianapolis guys. I'm, I'm having a hard time with anybody in this game. You know, Tennessee can spread the ball around so much, you know, kind of slow things down. Derrick Henry, you know, last season against the Colts, 46 rushing yards, 93 rushing yards uh, in that second game. That was in the midst of when he was on a tear. So they held him under 100 yards. And you got to think that's the focus here. Uh, the Colts, we know outdoors, it's just not the same with a guy like T.Y. Hilton. So, if anything, I'd be with you on Marlon Mack coming off a huge game. But uh, Tennessee's Rundy, you know, did their job against Nick Chubb. So, really more of a hands-off game for me. Derek, what are your thoughts here? Uh, any more interest than I have here in Colts and Titans? Yeah, if I'm only building one lineup, I probably won't end up with anybody from this game. But if I'm building four or five, I think there's some interesting options. We know the Titans want to run the ball. We know Derek Henry certainly has upside. I mean, he's – probably one of a handful of guys that could actually top 200 rushing yards uh, in a single game. And he actually ran a route on 33% of Mariota's drop back. So that's at least uh, interesting, helps his floor a little bit. Uh, Corey Davis, I'm kind of with Chop. I think he's the guy to target here. Uh, he was shadowed by Denzel Ward, one of the top corners uh, last week. So I think he bounces back. He's a, he's a good price on DK. And then on the other side, yeah, the Colts have one of the best offensive lines uh, in the NFL. You know, we saw – Marlon Mack, 174 rushing yards uh, on the road against the Chargers. Pretty good defense there. So don't mind looking at him um, at 5,900. And then uh, it looks like Funches is going to miss some time with the broken collarbone. So um, the wide receiver, two is going to be open, whether it's Paris Campbell, Deion Kane. Uh, we don't mind looking at uh, them as, you know, tournament flyers. We know T.Y. Hilton's the number one there. But uh, you got to think the Titans are going to, you know, put their attention on him. And this game is outdoors. So I think uh, Campbell or Deion Kane could be sneaky. All right, Derek, let's take a look at the spread here and the total on this game, if I can find it. There it is. Tennessee minus three, the total at 44. Oh, yeah, both of those feel pretty 
efficient for me. Uh, no strong lean either way. All right, chop minus three for the Titans or 44 juice on Tennessee and juice on the over as of now. What do you think? I think I think we're on a free roll here with Indianapolis just because uh, the three. I don't I don't see how Tennessee can possibly. I mean, of course, I don't say anything can happen, but I just Tennessee's maximum here. I think is a three point win. You know, I just I don't think they dominate this game in, a, in more than three point fashion most of the time. So three points is their max. So I'll take Indianapolis because there's just so many more scenarios where I think they get in there and cover that spread. And Tennessee may have, you know, used a lot of energy for that win. You know, they seem very energetic going into Cleveland and really crashing the parade there. And maybe that took everything out of them. Uh, I'm with you. I think the Colts could sneak in here. And I don't think anybody would be on the Colts side of things here uh, with the way Tennessee looked in week one. So I will take the plus three with the Colts as well. All right, last early game for us. We have Dallas and Washington. Dallas looked great in week one. Washington put up quite a fight. You know, they, they, that was the other surprise for me. You know, really punching Philadelphia in the mouth early on, Derek, uh, and getting out to that early lead. Obviously, we know Philly came back, but uh, was impressed there. I think the big news of Washington, no Darius Geis. So, is it Peterson? Uh, I lean more to Chris Thompson here, if anything, for Washington. And then on the other side, I love Zeke this week. You know, Zeke has played very well against this team. I think everybody's going to be excited about the passing game, but he was a lot more involved than I thought he was going to be. I think we get full-on Zeke Elliott here. Your thoughts, Cowboys and Redskins? Yeah, I think the Cowboys roll in this one. Uh, I'll start with the Redskins. You know, they had uh, one of their best possible performances last week against the Eagles, still lost. Um, I don't think Keenum's going to be the answer long-term. Uh, you mentioned Darius Geis uh, is not going to play, so I don't think AP is going to get the job done here. He's really cheap, uh, but I kind of lean with you, Chris Thompson. Assuming that the Cowboys are able to build a lead like I expect, I think Thompson's going to be the guy. I uh, like that price point, like his PPR upside. Uh, Terry McLaurin played 93% of his stats, may have, been, may have established himself as a number one wide receiver there in Washington, a game where they could be trailing. I think he's certainly interesting uh, at 3,800. And then for the Cowboys, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, on Zeke, I think it's a good bounce back spot for him. Not only a bounce back, but a better spot for him to get going. Only played 54% of the snaps, but, uh, you know, he didn't play much in the fourth quarter. I think he actually sat out the entire quarter. And, uh, yeah, it seems like teams are finally starting to figure out that the play action works. Um, the new offensive coordinator there in Dallas had a play action for Dak on nearly 50% of his dropbacks, you know, went for 405 and four touchdowns. So I think they'll be able to throw it, air it out if they want to. But um, I do think it's a good spot for Zeke. And Josh Norman, you know, he's probably going to shadow Amari Cooper. So if you want to look to Michael Gallup once again, I think uh, he's certainly interesting. Has Zeke six rushing touchdowns last five games against Washington. So uh, clearly a matchup that he can thrive and chop. You're our resident Dallas expert. So is it a Zeke week? Do we go back to the passing game, uh, which looked outstanding? Or maybe it's both against Washington. I think it's both. I think, uh, I think you know, Elliott is a fine play uh, coming off of a poor first week fantasy-wise. But that was kind of to be expected, I guess. But I think he finds the end zone. Uh, it's just at this price tag, where's where's the big upside? You know, like guys like McCaffrey and Saquon, they have such big upside. I don't know if that upside's there this week because this Washington team really doesn't pose a, I don't think, a huge like shootout type of game for Zeke. So I don't know if the upside's there. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll get him a touchdown, maybe two. The guy I'm looking at in the lineup is Michael Gallup for a couple of reasons. Like Derek said, Omari should draw the tougher coverage. 
And Amari hasn't really dealt with tough coverage all that great in his career. So I'm going to take Gallup. Everybody's going to load the line looking at Zeke and then trying to shut down Amari. I think uh, Gallup is going to get loose just like Deshaun Jackson did last week. So I'm going Gallup here for the big play. And on the flip side, I have no interest in any of these Washington guys. I mean, you can play the rookie, Scary Terry, again. I just don't think he's going to duplicate that stuff again. Listen, this we may look back here a few weeks from now and look at Philadelphia and go, damn, that's such a bad secondary. And that's why Washington got loose in week one, not because Washington's so great, but because Philly's so bad in the secondary. So I don't think Terry and Keenum are going to connect quite the same way. I'm going to pass on Washington, but my number one guy here would be Gallup. He's had, he's had that rapport with uh, Prescott all offseason, man, and I think, it's, I think it's real. Yeah, he looked great. You know, they've been talking about him all, all training camp long, 5600 a very fair price here. So uh, I like that call a lot. So thoughts on the spread here, Chop? Minus four and a, four and a half for the Cowboys, total sitting at 46. Ooh. Road dogs, or I just can't do I can't do too many road dogs over a field goal. So I'm going to stick to the under because I think I'm pushing my luck if I try to take another. I mean, a road favorite. I don't want to push my luck on a road favorite again over a field goal. So I'm going to take the under. I just Washington's going to have a hard time scoring. I think, and Dallas can then just grind it out in the second half, and we can go low scoring here. Derek Cowboys minus four and a half total, sitting at 46. Any strong leans there? It's probably the donkey side, but give me the Cowboys minus four and a half. There you go. I'm with you on Dallas. I think they win this game. Washington, spirited effort there, but I think Dallas head and shoulders above the Redskins here, so I'll take the Cowboys. All right, let's move on to the afternoon games. Just three games for us uh, in the afternoon this week, so a smaller slate. Uh, if you're playing those games, obviously we know they're included. In the main slate, we have Kansas City traveling to Oakland. Kansas City went down to Jacksonville, got things done. Oakland spirited win at home there uh, in week one. Did you guys hear the chance there in Oakland? Did you I watch? Didn't. Did you stay up watching that game? I uh, I heard about it. I did not watch it, but yeah, the, I heard the about old uh, FUAB uh, yeah. chant was, was loud and proud hey, good, there good in Oakland. For them, so, good for I, them. Oh, I loved it. Like they, they <laughs> should be pissed. Their team leaves. Uh, this guy comes in, he leaves. So uh, we'll see if they can do it again here at home. Chop, can they possibly get the job done against Kansas City? Now, we know Tyreek Hill going to be out. So, my big question with Kansas City, I have two questions. Mahomes banged up. No Tyreek Hill. Is there any value here in, in, in the Demarcus Robinsons of the world, some of the cheaper guys? I know everybody's going to want to go back to Sammy Watkins, but is it Hardman? Is it Robinson? Any of those guys uh, worth a play this week? And then the running back situation. You know, we saw Damian Williams kind of have the bigger split there, but – uh, McCoy was involved. He's the cheaper of the two. What are we doing with them? And then Oakland look good. You know, it's Tyrell Williams. It was Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs look good. Who are you playing from the Raiders side of things? Oh, yeah, they they were very – the Raiders were very surprising on Monday night. I give them a lot of credit. I didn't think the offense was going to be very good. And, and Denver, I thought, was going to be a decent defense, and they just looked overmatched. So uh, I think we can go back to Josh Jacobs because he's a workhorse, and that's what we care about in fantasy is the volume, not necessarily the matchup or the player himself. The guy was a workhorse. So we go back to Josh Jacobs. Go to Darren Waller because he looked good, and the price tag is still super good on him. And uh, we're facing the Chiefs here, and you know the Chiefs are going to make you score points. So I'm definitely on board with those guys. I was shocked, color me shocked, that Tyrell Williams got that loose against what I thought was a good Denver secondary. So if he can do that against Denver, 
He can certainly do it against Kansas City. I think those three guys are all in play again. And the price tags certainly haven't look, don't look like they've adjusted very much on them. In fact, I would imagine they did these salaries before that Monday night game was over with. And they just kind of threw the same stuff on there because those are some cheap salaries. But I think they can get it done. The surprise to me, not even a surprise. I thought the Raiders could have a pretty decent defense, and they did look good. But now we got a different beast here, Kansas City. Uh, so, but the Kansas City, like you said, no Tyreek. You're going in to play Oakland on that terrible, terrible field where it's just nasty and ugly. So maybe it slows them down a little bit, but I, I think you definitely chalk up Kelsey as the number one tight end this week. Uh, I think you can play some Damian Williams. I think the guy I'm most interested in in the receiving core is Nicole Hardman. I heard some good things about him. Demarcus Robinson should be the incumbent, but he's never really gotten a chance. Even when we think he should get a chance, he never really got the chance. So I think they're higher on Hardman. So I'm thinking Hardman is the guy here for me. And, uh, yeah, I like this game in general. I think there's some points here. And the spread, it looks like it. 52 is a pretty big total. So I think we're going to see some points here. And I like all, all kinds of aspects of this game. Yeah, I mean, I love spending up on Kelsey. There's a lot of cheap tight ends, you know, and that's generally the way I want to go. But when you want to be different, uh, Kelsey's been very good against this Oakland team uh, over the past few seasons. So, Derek, lots in this game. A lot of value on the Raiders. Uh, their potential value here on the Chiefs. Kelsey, Mahomes, the, the Chiefs running back situation. Uh, thoughts on this game? I, I think it's an important one for this slate. Yeah, I'm not alone in this, but I absolutely love this game. Uh, Chop hit the nail on the head. Salaries were at least before Monday night's game, so the Raiders are not priced appropriately. Uh, Jacobs looked better than I thought he would. Um, 24 touches, got all the goal line work, uh, caught a long pass as well. He's only 4,700 on DraftKings. Derek Carr is only 5,100. He looked pretty good. Uh, Tyrell Williams, uh, you mentioned the tough matchup against Chris Harris in that Denver secondary. He looked good. Darren Waller played 100% of the team's snaps, caught seven of his eight targets. And uh, like a couple of these other tight ends that we've talked about, 22 snaps in the slot or uh, lined up out wide. So love the spot for the Raiders. And then obviously um, the Chiefs, you know, they have an elite offense uh, that's already concentrated to begin with. And then you take out Tyree Kill. Uh, they're playing the Raiders on a short on a short rest, the Raiders that is. And uh, I just love the spot for the Chiefs. I'll be playing a lot of Mahomes. Uh, you mentioned Travis Kelsey as a, you know, a top play at tight end. I agree with you completely. Uh, Mahomes missed Kelsey on that wide open touchdown and then apologized for it later. I think that uh, he writes a ship with Kelsey this week and he gets in the end zone a couple times. You can play Sammy Watkins. Um, he looked really good. You know, he's fast. He's explosive. And then you, you obviously mix in the cheap guys with Hardman, Robinson, Thomas. So, yeah, I won't be touching the running backs for Kansas City, but pretty much love everyone else in this game. And one of the sneaky things that you can do, you know, in something like the Millionaire Maker is play both of the tight ends from this game because nobody's going to use you know, a tight end in the flex. There you go. All right, we got another big road favorite here, Kansas City, minus 7.5. Big total, 52. Uh, any leans there, Derek, on either of those? Uh, give me the over. Don't have a strong feel on the 8.5. Uh, chop minus seven and a half here for the Chiefs, fifty-two point total. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't have a lean either way. The seven is big for being on the road, and so I can't go that route. And the fifty-two is a high number, so I can't go that route either. I feel I feel pretty comfortable that that spread's pretty accurate. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you guys. Now that those really stand out, I, I could see the, the Raiders keeping things close, so that's tempting. I could also see the Chiefs going in uh, and blowing their doors off. So. Probably a pass for me there as well. All right, next game we have Chicago and Denver. 
Uh, two teams coming off of losses, Chicago at home to Green Bay. Uh, Denver, obviously, as we know, uh, took that loss in Oakland on Monday night. So I think the big story here is the coach. Uh, obviously very familiar, uh, Vic Fangio, with the Chicago offense, with Mitch Trubisky. And, and there's a lot of uh, numbers that support Denver early in the season at home. So I'm more on the Denver side of things here. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts, uh, Bears and Broncos? Yeah, I saw that stat as well. Uh, Broncos 22-1 and one at home in the first two games of the season since the year 2000. So, uh, yeah, it's obviously a different coach and different offense, but um, definitely something to look at. Uh, and if anybody knows how to beat this Bears defense, it's Vic Fangio. Uh, but at the same time, I don't really want to play anyone from Denver. Uh, I was very impressed with Corbin Sutton on Monday night, but uh, he's going to be facing a much tougher secondary. Still going to have to, you know, split targets with Sanders and Hamilton. You know, this backfield is going to be 50-50 pretty much. You know, Devontae Booker wasn't really involved at all. So it's going to be Lindsey and Freeman, but don't really want to play him in this matchup. And uh, for the Bears, uh, Tremont Williams pretty much summed it up perfectly. He said all they had to do was make Mitchell Trubisky play quarterback and they'd have a chance to win. Uh, he looked really ugly in that game. Uh, the running back snaps, uh, Montgomery just didn't play as much as we thought he would. Uh, Mike Davis you know, out-snapped him. And then Tariq Cohen uh, saw a bunch of snaps in the slot. I think he's interesting. Uh, you know, if Anthony Miller's going to be limited again, I think Cohen could get, uh, you know, quite a bit of a run, you know, in, in the slot. But for the most part, I don't really love anyone here. Robinson's probably going to draw Chris Harris. And even though Tyrell Williams uh, had a big game against him last week, it's still a tough matchup. So overall, just an ugly game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, if anything, give me the Denver defense. Uh, I think that could be a play. We, you know, we both brought up Fangio, very familiar with Trubisky. He's going to know how to frustrate him and uh, and work around this offense. So I like that, and I like Denver with the points at home. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Chop, an ugly game here, just a 40-and-a-half-point total. Uh, are you finding any plays here, Bears and Broncos? Well, this is one where we can make the podcast fly fly a little bit faster because I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna try to recommend the guy in this game. I have no interest. Uh, this is a one where I'll, I'll probably X this one out of my player pool altogether. I mean, you can't possibly. I mean, gosh, you'd have to be crazy. Well, I mean, you know, you have to be really out there to to want to roster a Denver player after what we saw on Monday night against the Chicago. They may or may not be the best defense in the NFL. If they're not, then they're top five for sure. How can you roster a Denver player against that? And then on the flip side, Denver being back at home is only going to strengthen their defense. Chicago looked bad on offense. They're not that good. Trubisky is the captain here, and the captain, he sucks, man. The, this captain is bad. Like, he's not good. You know, he – he's starting to – league is starting to catch on to Trubisky quite a bit here. So, uh, I have no interest in this game at all. All right, what about spread? I'm taking Denver at home. They're catching two and a half points. We got another road favorite here. Uh, total sitting at 40 and a half. Uh, Denver being at home with that spread is, <clears throat> is very tempting. I think, uh, <clears throat> I think I'm just going to go ahead and roll with my instinct though and go with the under, man. I All know right, it's, it sucks, man, 40, <laughs> but, you know, you got to do it. This could be a you know a nine six a lot of field goal games here so I, I don't goals. hate that That's, play. That is the that is man's best friend when you're taking the under is when they bring out those field goal units. Oh yeah, nothing better than seeing them kickers on those unders. Derek, any thoughts? Uh, Bears minus two and a half, forty and a half for a total. Yeah, give me Broncos in the under. All right, last game for us. We go from a dud to maybe the game of the week. Highest total here on the main slate. We have an NFC Championship rematch. 
It is not in New Orleans. I think that would have been interesting. But we are out in L.A. Saints and Rams. Rams minus two-and-a-half-point favorites. Like I said, 53 is the total here. So, Derek, a bonanza here. A lot of choices, a lot of stats, a lot of numbers. All these guys did what we, what we thought they would do. Uh, Todd Gurley, I guess, is the biggest question mark. And Malcolm Brown. We have a $7,000 running back. We have a $4,100 running back. Break that tie there. What receivers do you want from the Rams and then the Saints? Is it just simply as Kamara Thomas move on? Yeah, I think for the Saints, it is really that simple. Um, you know, you could play Breeze, but at the same time, you know, you know he's going to throw the ball to Kamara and he's going to throw the ball to Michael Thomas. Uh, Kamara had the best elusiveness rating of any running back uh, in the NFL in week one. Um, he's, he saw 74% of the snaps, which was a lot higher than we've seen from him in the past. And uh, we know Michael Thomas is going to be heavily involved. So those would be the two I would look to there. Uh, you could always play Cook in tournaments because he's going to have those, you know, four or five big games a year and then pretty much be quiet the rest of the year. So I like those guys. Um, and then for the Rams, you know, Jared Goff has really struggled. You know, struggled toward the end of last season, looked pretty mediocre against Carolina. But he just has so many weapons that it's hard not to like him. 5,900 at home against the Saints. Just gave up a big game to Deshaun Watson. So I have some interest there. Don't really know who to pair him up with is the problem. Uh, Woods, Cooks, and Cup all played over 90% of the snaps. They're all going to be, you know, heavily involved. It's just going to be a week-to-week thing and trying to predict which one is going to go off um, – it's going to be tough, but, um, you know, you got to think their top corner is going to be on uh, Brandon Cook to Robert Woods on the outside. So maybe Cooper Cup's the guy to play here. Uh, Gurley, 70% of the snaps, which was a little bit higher than I was expecting. You know, they said they were going to give him most of the snaps, and they kind of did. Uh, he was the guy out there in the fourth quarter, and uh, he had the second best elusiveness rating of any uh, running back in week one. Still don't think I want to go there, but uh, I do prefer him over Malcolm Brown, um, especially with this game featuring a close spread. All right, Chop, finish us off here, Saints and Rams. I mean, lots of good stuff, but well, I think we need to pour one out for Mr. Gurley. <laughs> we, we, you know, we rode that train for as long as we could, but uh, I think that train <laughs> is pulling into the station on its last ride, man. That's, that's what happens when you get an NFL running back, man. You know, one injury can cripple your career. I think that's where we're at with him. He's got a little arthritis in his knee, and I don't think he's going to be the same, so – I think he'll have some two-touchdown weeks in his future, but I don't think we can roster him faithfully anymore like we used to. But you're right, this this game in general is going to be a total bonanza. My number one player for the Rams, Cooper Cup. I'll go Cooper Cup, follow him up with uh, maybe Brandon Cooks and then Robert Woods. A lot of interest in that passing game, but Cooper Cup number one. And on the flip side, Kamara is going to get off in this game. He, you know, he just didn't quite find the end zone on Monday night, but man, he looked good, looked solid. So I think Kamara finds the end zone here, maybe multiple times. The good thing about the Saints, we don't have to go too far. They're a two-man show, Kamara and Thomas. Those are the skilled players you can take. Maybe we throw in Jared, Jared Cook to get his first touchdown with the Saints, but these guys are all in play, but those are my favorites. Yeah, I'm, Kamara might be my favorite play of the week. I mean, just, just look at what McCaffrey did to this team last week. Uh, we know his involvement is maybe not as involved as McCaffrey, but uh, the upside through the roof here, only 8,200 on DraftKings to me should be a 9K player. Uh, wide receivers for the Rams, I, I prefer Cooks. You, know, you get, you know, the, the deep ball was beating them. Uh, the Texans beat them quite a few times over the top. You get the revenge narrative. Plus, he was the guy that disappointed out of the Rams receivers in week one. So don't mind any of them. That's what you're going to face every single week. Is it Cups? Is it Woods? 
uh, is a Cooks Cup, that is. Uh, it could be any of the three, but I prefer Cooks this week. But Camara in a smash spot against the Rams. All right, that'll wrap us up for week two, boys. Good stuff. Any final thoughts here? Derek, we'll go to you, and then we'll come back to the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Derek, what do you got? Uh, all I'm going to say is save some of your roster spots for uh, the afternoon games, the Saints-Rams and the, the Chiefs-Raiders. I mean, I think you could just stack those two games and be uh, pretty well off. You could uh, put yourself in you know, position to win some tournaments with those guys. So uh, that's going to be my uh, advice of the week. Yeah, man, that's going to be a nice little three-game slate there, too. Actually, two-gamer. I don't see anybody playing anybody from the Bears-Broncos, <laughs> but it uh, should be a fun afternoon slate with only three games. Shop, the million-dollar man, any final thoughts here for week two? No, just going over, the, going through these games, I think they look solid. I think it's going to be a, a fun week, and I, I actually think you just hit on a really nice uh, strat, strategy point for that three-game afternoon is play it, fade that one game, Chicago-Denver, let other people kill 10, 15, 20% of rosters out there by playing those scrubs, and then load up on the other two games. I think it's a good way to go, and – by the way, I'll also say, how in the hell is, is the NFL this ignorant not to give us a, a better afternoon slate, man? This is We're only two weeks into the season now. We only get three games in the afternoon. Come on, guys. They, they did a better job last year balancing things, it seemed like. We avoided these three-game afternoon slates. So hopefully this is just a, a bump in the road. But uh, my biggest point, and I brought it up earlier, don't be afraid to go back to players or teams that were a dud in week one. You know, don't overreact to week one. You certainly want to react to it, uh, but don't overreact, freak out. Pittsburgh probably being my biggest favorite uh, team, players to go back to at home against Seattle, a team I'll be heavy on here in week two. All right, we are out of here for week two for Notorious, for Head Chopper, I am Beer, saying salut. Best of luck in your contest this week, guys. Thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate the support. Don't don't, don't be afraid. Tell your friends about the OG. Spread the word about the pod. We love doing it. Hopefully you guys love listening to it. Thank you. We're out of here. We'll see you next week.